Thank you for listening to this sermon from Destination Church. We make all of our resources available because we hope that they have an enormous impact on your life and help you see how much you truly matter to Jesus and to our church. We love to hear stories about life change from every ministry in our church, and this is no exception. So if this ministry has impacted you in a big way, we encourage you to share your story with us by sending an email to hello at destinationchurch.cc. We would also encourage you to contribute financially to our vision. Find out how by going to destinationchurch.cc slash give. We hope you enjoyed the sermon. So could you give a hand to all of our volunteers today? They have so Well, the reason that we're calling this series Get Ready is because what we wanted to do is we wanted to help you to get ready for what God is going to do in and through our church and our people on Sunday, September the 7th. And we know that the best way possible for us to do that is to get ready spiritually. And so we wanted to help you guys to be able to do that. Um, But we didn't want to do something that came and just expected something of you again. We really wanted to come and love on you and care for you. Our vision here, our mission at this church is to lead people to Jesus by showing them that they matter. Doing everything we can short of sin to show people that they matter. In the little things and in the big things. When my wife folds up my clothes and puts them up for me and she holds up my underwear and goes, oh yeah, I'm his wife. I'll fold those up and put those away. That's showing me that she matters because I promise you, you don't want to touch my underwear. No, I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. No, no, but we do little bitty things like that all the time to show people that matter to us that we act, that they actually matter. And so if people are going to be able to see that they matter in South Henry County, there needs to be a church that is willing to go out of their way to express how much people actually matter to them and to Jesus. You may not know this, but we are the chosen method that Christ has chosen to use to show people that they matter to him. So when we show people they matter to us, they automatically begin to see that they matter to him. Because they're going to want to know why. Why do you like me? Okay? Why, why do you like the way that I look? Or why do you go out of your way to help me out? Or why, do you, why are you so kind to me? And then that gives us an opportunity to be able to share with them. So the reason I said that is because if we're going to do that, we should show you that you matter too, right? You don't stop mattering to us just because you're volunteers and because you started coming to church. We don't sign you up and go, listen, you matter to us, but now that you're saved and you're a believer, get in line, get your uniform, get your gun, and let's go. You're in the army now. It's time to go. No, that's not what we want to do. We want to help you to continue in your journey and to fulfill your walk in Christ. Jesus is not an either-or Jesus. He is a both and Jesus. And for that reason, we wanted to do a series that was based off of the scripture, Matthew 5 and 6. So if you have your Bibles or your uh, phones or your tablets or you have it laser beamed into your arm somewhere, retina display, or whatever you've got, whatever chosen method you have to look at. If you got an old school Bible, hold it up. If you got an old, it's like paper. It's got like word. Look at that Bible right there. That's what I'm talking about. That's old school. You can beat somebody upside the head with it. Well, you kind of can your phone, too. Okay, sorry. So, Matthew 5 and 6. While you're turning to there, I want to share with you, Christy and I uh, and our family, we just got back from Orlando, Florida. How many of you guys went on vacation this year? Anybody went on vacation this year? How many of you guys needed a vacation from your vacation when you got back, right? Everybody. Doesn't that always happen like that? Always, right? You're like, yeah, we're going on vacation. We finally get to get away. <laughs> you're killing me. We finally get to get away. 
And then you get out there, and it's more work on vacation to actually go have vacation than it is to come back. So you actually want to have time to come back and rest from your vacation. So we're on vacation, and I'm at this conference actually all week long, and I'm talking with all these old guys and, and old pastors at this uh, convention that I'm at. Did you just hear that right? Pastors. Wow. That was awesome. Don't change that. I like that. So no peace. So we were, I was with all these asters last week that was, you know, was that all right? Okay. okay. And so finally Friday comes on. My family's been going out and doing all the parks and everything all week, doing all the arts all week long. And um, finally on Friday, I get to go, I mean, excuse me, on Wednesday, I get to go with them Wednesday afternoon. I buy one of the passes for so many peas for after four o'clock, and I go to the Magic Kingdom. Look, there's no peas in that one right there. I go to the Magic Kingdom, and we're over by the Pirates of, of the Caribbean, and, uh, and so I don't know if you guys know this, but I have found hell on earth. It's Orlando, Florida in the summer. Anybody ever been there before during the summertime? Right, 97 and blistering. Like, if you stand outside, you can watch the blisters bubble off of your arms. It's that. I mean, like, as soon as you walk outside, you, you just need a shower. Like, from the hotel to the car, you might as well go back and take a shower because you need a shower. Because it's that hot, okay? So my wife and I, we're walking out of the Pirates exhibit, and we're, my kids are doing this little interactive thing, and we're going to find them. And we're walking like this, and we come across this AC that is blowing down on us. Have you ever done that before? Like, and so you walk in, and it was like this hidden well that you found of, of refreshment. And so we come across it, and you find it, and you're, oh, wait, where was that at? Hold on one second. You stop, and you stand there, and you just sit there. Anybody ever done that before? Anybody ever done that? Right. And so we just sat there for just a moment, and we wouldn't move. As a matter of fact, she was coming over and pushing on me, and she was trying to knock me out of the way so that she could get in because there was only a spot big enough for one person, and we were trying to share. And we're like, look, I will, I'm not going to divorce you, but I will pop you upside your head if you don't get out of my way because this is my heir. And she was like, I can take you out, old man. And she bumped in my way. And so we're fighting over the air, and we stood in that spot for minutes, what seemed like forever. And then finally, we had to go out, and we had to find the kids. And we're like, why do we have to have kids? And, no, I'm just kidding. So we go out to go find them, right? And you leave the spot, and for just a minute, you have to hop back in it just to remember what it was like. And you take off, right? And if you could, I would have stood there all day long. And what... Jesus was telling us when he was talking, and, and to the crowd, when he was talking in Matthew chapter 5 and verses 6, what he was saying is, is it's sort of like the way that we live our lives in Christ, okay? When you chase after right living, that's what the word righteousness means. When you chase after right living or, or the way that Christ wants you to live because it's the best way to live life, it's kind of like finding this zone of this refreshment. It's this area of your life that you want to stay in forever. Have you ever been in a point in your life where everything was just so great you didn't want, to, want it to change? You wanted to stay right there. You was afraid of the next bad thing that was going to happen because it was going to bring you back to the reality of your life. And for that moment, if you could just live in that moment, everything was great right there. Everything was perfect. And that's kind of how it is with Jesus. What he was saying is, is when you chase after the things that are right living, then you want to stay in that zone. You want to stay right there. Just like we wanted to stay in that air, you want to stay right in the zone of where God is in your life. And when you begin to chase after those things, 
you will hang out right there in that air right there. And as soon as you stop, you'll start walking out into the heat again and your life will start heating back up and things will start going awry. And all of a sudden you start throwing your hands up in the air and asking God, what's going on, God? Why is this happening to me? Why is this going on? I thought you said if I prayed and read my Bible and lived for you that everything would be fine. And what Jesus said in Matthew 5 and 6 was not that you just pray and read, not that you just think about God every once in a while, not that you know his ways or know what it's like to go to church or know how people do church, right? But what he was saying was, is that those that hunger and thirst for righteousness, they shall be filled. If I'm reading out of the King James, uh, the, excuse me, the uh, English Standard Version, um, he says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. You'll be satisfied. Now, the problem is we hunger and thirst for a lot of things in our life that don't have anything to do with staying right here in the zone of God. But God has told us in Ecclesiastes 3 and 11, he, tells, he told us that eternity has been set in the hearts of men. And because of that, uh, uh, John Piper states that God has put eternity in our hearts, and for that reason, we have an inconsolable longing. Deep within inside you, just because you're not paying attention to it doesn't mean it's there, not there. Deep within inside you, all of us as creations of God have this deep, inconsolable longing. And when we hunger and thirst after the things of right living, when we hunger and thirst after righteousness and chase after it with everything that we have, the Bible tells us, Jesus tells us in Matthew 5 and 6, that we shall be satisfied. So what does it mean to hunger and to thirst for righteousness? Well, in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 13, is this coming up on the board? Yeah. Um, the Bible tells us that faith, hope, and love, these three things, will last forever. So if our longing will be satisfied when we hunger and thirst for righteousness, and if faith and hope and love, if these three things are the things that will last forever, no matter what goes on through the rest of time, until we get to the end, faith, hope, and love are going to last eternal. I want you to know that means that faith and our hope in things and the things that we love, they're going to last right on through to the end of time. When you die, when Jesus comes again, Armageddon happens, WWE wrestlers start killing each other. In the street, whatever goes, however life ends for you and I, when we move on into our relationship with Christ, as believers, faith, hope, and love will remain right on into heaven and right on into eternity. And that's because God created us to chase after those three things. And the Bible says that if we will chase after those things right there, we will be satisfied. So what are faith, hope, and love? How do we hunger and thirst for those things? How do we chase after those, or why should we? Well, for faith, the reason that we do that is because we are longing for something to trust in. You live life a different way when you have something you can bank on, when you have something that you can trust in, right? At my age right now, I'm 43 years old, and if I was having an emergency and get in trouble, I would bank on my parents. I would call them up because I trust that they would be there for me in a pinch. And here's why, because they've done so my whole life. 
I've been able to lean on them before, and I've been able to trust in that. And we all long for something to trust in. Well, when you long for something to trust in, that's called faith. And when where God is concerned, he tells us, do what I say and leave the results up to me. That's the most simplest way I can put a definition of faith for you and I. If you want to know if you have faith in something, if you trust in something enough to do what God says, be obedient, and do what he says, and leave the results up to him. God, I trust you. I'm going to bank on you. I'm going to lean on you, and I'm going to do what you tell me to do. And you tell me if I chase after these things right here, if I try to live my life this way, that I'll stay in this zone right here, and I won't have to step out to the heat. I can hang out in the cool AC and be refreshed in my life because I can trust in you. Even though circumstances may come where something may shove me out, I'm going to get right back in. Even when I feel like something's off is more important and I need to step out of that zone so I can chase after it and I feel the heat for a little while, I'm going to realize that if I always return to you, if I always return right here, I'm going to be fine. The refreshing will start coming back. I'll start cooling down. My life will begin to become balanced again and get back to where it was supposed to be. Why? Because you told me that if I hunger and thirst for right living, for righteousness, I will be satisfied. And that is faith, doing what God says and leaving the results up to him. Now, when it comes to hope, we're longing for something to believe in. It's not just enough to trust in something. You have to have belief in it, too. And that's called hope. What I mean by that is, is when you believe in something enough that you're willing to endure whatever you need to endure, that's because you have hope in it. I have faith that my parents will be there for me. And because of that, I always have hope in them. I believe in them and I have hope in them. And you know what that does for me? When my mom calls on me and she needs me or my dad calls on me and he needs me, I don't answer. No, I'm just kidding. I come through for them as much as I possibly can. Why? Because I know they would do it for me. I know that they would hope that they would be able to be there for me and I hope that I would be able to be there for them. When you're willing to endure something, that shares with you how much you believe in something. When you know how, far, how much you're willing to endure, you're seeing how much hope you have in something. When we have a longing for something to believe in, God fills it and satisfies it with his righteousness, with his relationship with you and I. And the last one is this. We are longing for something to console us. We're longing for something to console us. Why do we trust in things? Why do we believe in things? Because we care about them. And when we long for something to console us, that's called love. We obey God out of a longing to convince him that we love him. You know the Bible says that the, there's only one way that you can show God that you love him? That truly... That's obeying his commandments. That's what it says. Obedience. Right? You can say all the right words. You can do all the right things. You can have the right look. Okay? And we'll call you a Pharisee. Because that's what you'd be. But when you're obedient, inside and out, that is saying, God, I long for you. I love you so much that I long for you to know how much I love you. So I'm going to try to convince you by being obedient. 
Okay? Right living is not something that's supposed to hold you down. It's supposed to be something that frees you and releases you. And I want you to know I've lived on both sides of the coin. I've been over here where I look up from the back of a pickup truck because I was stealing something out of the guy's back of the guy's truck and look down the barrel of a double barrel shotgun and realize this is not a point in my life where I want to be at right now. Okay? And I've also been over here where I've seen 500 people get up in a service and offer their life to Christ for the first time. And my hands were red and stinging and hurt because I could not stop clapping because the people wouldn't stop coming to offer their life to Christ. And the sense of joy and the sense of love and the sense of satisfaction and, and being filled and seeing people realize that Jesus is the answer to everything in their life. Whether they're paying attention to it or not, that's the total opposite side of the coin. And I want you to know there's a freedom in that that nothing on, in my old life could fill. Why is that? That's because you can't love God. You have to be in love with Him. You see, you may love partying, and you may love watching TV. You may love thinking about yourself. And you may think that you're in love with yourself, but you're really not. You can love other things and you can love other people, okay? And you can even be in love according to you with, one, with a significant other in this life. But I want you to know something. The only way that you can experience truly being in love with someone is to be in love with Jesus. Knowing that you love him more than you love anything else in this world or on this planet sets you free to look at things totally different. I have a different view about every single thing in my life now. And because of that, I have this longing for him to know that I want to give everything that I have to serve him and to help him because I want what he wants. I love people because he loves people. I want to see him saved because he wants to see him saved. He gave his life to see people realize that they need him and to fall in love with him and to realize how much he loves them. Listen to me. Whether you have experienced it before or whether you know this or not, Jesus loves you more than anyone in your life ever could. You may bank on your spouse or your brother or sister or kids or family member or friend or somebody like that to be there for you, but that's because you're not giving Jesus his due. I promise you, if you chase, if you hunger, if you thirst after him, you will be satisfied. You will be filled. I'm not just saying that, but, but, but Jesus is saying it in Matthew 5 and 6, but I'm also here to testify as a personal witness that he has done that. For me. And today, if you want to be filled spiritually, if you want to be ready to receive whatever it is that God has for you, then you have to chase down after the things that he said in your life. You're like, Pastor Ricky, I don't know what those things are. I'm telling you, you do. All of us right now are sitting in this room and we're thinking of something in our life that we've neglected or that we don't pay attention to. Or that we do wrong. We think that if we're not stealing something and we're not robbing somebody or hurting someone or killing someone, that we're doing okay. I'm doing pretty good. What are the things you're not paying attention to? Who are the people in your life that you are neglecting? I've got friends right now that I have neglected and they don't feel loved by me at all. 
Okay? And I've got other friends that I don't neglect. I pay attention to them and call them and check on them and see how they're, and I'm there for them and they need to be, need me to be. And I express that love for them and I have a totally different relationship with that person there. We have to chase after the things that God wants us to chase after. And if you're not hungry enough for it or thirsty enough for it, it won't come about. You see, because you have to be in love with God to have a, a right relationship with him, that's where Jesus comes in. Jesus is the tangible expression of God's love. God not only gave us a Savior to sacrifice himself for our sins, but he gave us himself to love. He gave us a tangible being, someone that we can see, that we can feel, that we can interact with, and that's Jesus. And because we have that, we're able to comprehend the existence of God. Jesus is the visual representation of a sovereign God who wants to intimately and really be involved in your life. I want you to know today that he is a part of every, he, he is involved in every part of my life. Okay? I mean, when I'm in the restroom, I'm talking to Jesus all the day, man. Talk to Jesus when you're in the restroom? Uh, I just wanted, maybe I'm the only one that prays. Sometimes I'm like, Jesus! I'm sorry. I'm just being real. That's right. Hey, that's when you know you really know them or not, right? How many guys call your spouse's name when you're in there? Oh, okay, I'm sorry. I'm moving on. I'm going I'm to move on. From, right. Listen, the reason that Jesus is our tangible representation is so that we have something that we know that exists and we know that we can long after. And if we long after, we will be consoled. The greatest thing about Jesus is that we know if we hunger and thirst for him, that we can be consoled. Let me give you the definition of consoled. Comfort at a time of grief or disappointment. Comfort or support during this time brings satisfaction. So your inconsolable heart can only be consoled by a relationship with Jesus Christ. And when you hunger and you thirst after faith, hope, and love, Jesus says, the Bible tells us that we shall be satisfied. We shall be consoled. The problem is, is that hungering after righteousness is meant to satisfy us. But we hunger after other things. We hunger after the things that we want when we want them. C.S. Lewis said that we are half-hearted creatures fooling around with drink and sex and ambition. When infinite joy is offered us, like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea, we are far too easily pleased. Did you hear what he said? We settle for things that please us. We're too easily pleased. And that's why you get temporary satisfaction out of those things. Because it's not meant to last because you didn't have to go through anything to get it. I mean, really, how hard is it to get drunk in the United States of America today? Really? Right? Some people could take one hit of a, a, a wine cooler or, you know, hard lemonade or something like that, and they're blasted. Right? All of a sudden, they're talking funny. They can't remember names. You know what I'm saying? I'm having such a good time right now. Woo! What's your name? Where are you at? I see four of you. Three or four of you. Right? It's easy to do that, right? It's easy to harm our bodies. It's easy to do things that's going to come with baggage. The hard thing, though, the thing that takes work is to hunger and to thirst after right living, 
after Jesus. We're too easily pleased and we have to stop settling for the things that can satisfy us temporarily and we have to begin to move on and realize that Jesus is the only thing. Faith, hope, and love. Hungering after those things, those are the only things that can fill us and that can make us satisfied. Here's why. When you satisfy, I mean, when you hunger after something that's temporary, not only does it bring temporary satisfaction, but it also begins to create negative consequences in your life as well, right? So all of a sudden you start having these negative consequences in your life and they start being counterproductive and then you start longing after other things like pills or medicine or things like that that's going to fix that or I'm going to get a divorce over here and I'm going to go over here and get this other relationship with this other person because the grass is always greener on the other side and they're going to make things so much better for me, right? We try to get this temporary satisfaction and we have negative consequences that come from it. All of a sudden we start trying to find other things that can satisfy us temporarily. Not realizing that that's going to cause even more negative consequences. And then what happens? Then you find yourself dancing around the AC spot, dancing around the zone, hanging out in the heat, feeling like you're in hell and wondering why God's not helping you. And God's saying, listen, I love you, so don't take this the wrong way. But stupid, if you would just get back in the zone, you'd start feeling my refreshing. Your life would start going the way that you want it to. But we want the instant, right? We want to be able to go, whoop. Ah, yes, God, I am so great. My life is so wonderful. Nothing's wrong. But I want to step out here right quick and go out in the heat. And then you wonder why you start getting hot and sweaty and things start bad start happening to you. You can't just step in and out of the zone. When you step back in, you've got to give yourself time to cool down. Do you know that when my wife and I, when that air started cooling us down, it felt great and everything, but it didn't stop me from sweating. I'm a sweataholic. I mean, like, I sweat my shirt totally wet. That's, I know that's disgusting, okay? But that's exactly what happened. I didn't step in the zone, and five seconds later, I'm bone dry and everything's great. I feel like I'm inside a hotel room. No, it takes time to cool down, right? But you and I, we want to step back into God's grace. We want to hunger and thirst after Him, and then when we don't get immediate results... All of a sudden, we wonder why we're not instantly cooled down and refreshed. God's saying, listen, it's got, you've got to hunger after it. You've got to thirst for it. A man named J.N. Darby was talking about the story of the prodigal son. If you've never heard the story of the prodigal son, he gets his inheritance from his dad early before his dad passes away, and he goes off and he squanders it. And then he goes and gets a job uh, feeding these pigs, and he, he's so hungry that he can't even eat the food there, and this is what he says about the story, and then eventually he goes back to his dad, and this is what he says about the story. He says, to be hungry is not enough. I must be really starving to know what is in God's heart towards me. When the prodigal son was hungry, he went to feed upon the husks that the pigs had, but when he was starving, he turned to his father. I want you to know today that you and I, that we have to chase after Jesus that we have to hunger for him so bad that we feel like that we're starving, that we have to be so thirsty that we chase after him to quench our thirst. When we do that, we'll stop putting those other things to the side because we'll recognize them for what they are. These things don't help us anymore. You know what? When I get drunk, the next day I wake up with a hangover and i got to go do it all over again. And it was fun for a little while, but i got to do it all over again. Right? 
when we go out and we party and I, and I mess around or I cheat on my spouse or do something like that, uh, it's only going to be great in the beginning. But every time, that that's the way that it goes. Every time, every time you get together and meet, all of a sudden, everything becomes worse and worse and more and more complicated. That's the story with every single thing in our life. And what Jesus is saying to you today is that if you will hunger with a hunger that is leaving you starving, if you will chase it down with everything that you've got, if you will thirst with everything that you've got, I will come and I will fill you and you will be satisfied. And I can stand here today and testify that that is the case. I'm tired of living outside over here. I found God's grace and I want to stay in it. And I'm going to do everything that I can to stay here. And listen, guys, I love all of you guys in this room with everything in my heart. I want to see so many people saved, but I love Jesus more. I love him more than anything else in existence today. And I want to stay in his good graces. So if you want to hunger and you want to thirst, if you'll chase down faith, you'll chase down hope, and you'll chase down love, I promise you today, I'm speaking from experience, and this Bible promises you that you will be satisfied. So over the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about what does it mean to chase after, to hunger and thirst for faith and for hope and for love. And our hope and our prayer is that through this series that you are going to begin to be able to see some areas in your life that you can come and you can offer them up to Christ. You can lay them down at his feet. doesn't mean you have to get them up. May just mean you might need to tweak them and make some changes. But you can come and, and you can say, I'm going to stop putting this in front of you, Jesus. I'm going to start making you the most important thing in my life. And when you begin to do that, you will begin to feel the satisfaction of living right inside the grace of God.